The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. By spiritual reality with the living Lord Jesus, every indwelt Christian has the provision to be at rest, avoiding the striving performance to achieve or overcome the self-life, feelings and the emotions, difficulties in decision-making, and urging in one's desires. In the midst of the temptations and the trials of life, indwelt believers can experience the very rest of Christ that lives and breathes in their souls. It's right out of Matthew eleven twenty nine, And this is a promise that Jesus gives us. All you have to do is walk around and do a mental survey of, first of all, and this is what I challenge with Rob, for example, because I've been very active and preparing him for ministry for quite a few years now, and I listen. If if you get on my radar, for example, not that that makes that big a difference, but disciples, pastors, leaders, if they put you on your on their radar, you're in trouble because they're going to watch for every tiny little detail that of terms you use, words you use thoughts you have or belief systems that you have that are not acutely accurate to the indwelling life of Jesus. These terms that we use to describe the living Jesus Christ that lives inside you is absolutely critical. Or you are going to push this person to become a performer for Jesus. And they may act like they have rest in their soul because they're a calm type person. You can be the most calm person in the world and be dead to Christ. Some of the sweetest people, the most calm people, the most at rest people in the world today are of their father, Satan. I will say that again. Some of the most calm people, restful people, Peaceful people are dead to Christ. And they are of their father Satan. You see, rest is not the proof of the indwelling life. Rest is to be a fruit of the indwelling life of Christ. And the way you can tell the difference is you persecute it. That video that I tell you about from time to time where one of our workers in Ethiopia was having his head cut off and the extremist was capturing this on video on a cell phone and sent it to me. Actually sent it to one of my buddies 
and then he sent it to me. And I'm watching this, this indwelt believer who got caught handing out one of our tracks, or a bunch of our tracks actually, through the, the prison walls that was in Ethiopia. And they were cutting his head off. And I've only been able to get halfway through the video. Blood squirting and going everywhere. But the look on his face was rest. That's why I wanted to put Jack to journey number 95, even though we're not there, is Jack got the news in 94 that he's going to die. He's going to be tortured. And this is why he was brought before the living God in the city of Zion, is to prepare him for his most traumatic, painful adventure yet. That might not happen for another 100 episodes, or 200 episodes. We'll see how it plays out. He's not special. Twelve disciples, how many of them died a martyr's death? Eleven. John the Beloved was the only one that did not have to suffer a martyr's death. You know, that, that's a, that's a 90%. You guys are gonna suffer on behalf of me. But what we've done is followed the father of society, Satan, and we have built a system where we can take pills we can worship idols, we can put t-shirts on that make us feel better. To replicate this false sense of rest. Now, we can welcome our online listeners. And we do welcome you. This is number 120. And if you are interested in getting some of the back messages, particularly under the category of True Grace, it's a huge movement today, this whole thing about grace. The term true grace, numerically, on one of the main search engines on the Internet, is growing rapidly. And I'm here to tell you it's because of just a small handful of ministries like ours that have taken on the challenge to get this imprinted on the Internet. Because we want this to pop up when grace pops up. Do you get me? Because most people are searching grace out like it's some kind of band-aid to make them feel guilty and to relieve the guilt they're experiencing. That's how they're using grace. That is not true grace, listener. This is number 120 of Identity Matters. Today we're going to talk about the fruit of rest. And in that process of talking about a fruit of rest, we're going to show you what happened to this Fruit of rest versus the action of rest. Dichotomy, trichotomy. It has destroyed the church as we see it today. The world around us is restless, hurrying and scurrying to accomplish something meaningful. They are seeking rest, but they are looking, obviously, in the wrong places. True rest can only be found in the indwelling life of Christ. Rest cannot be found in devotionalizing Christ. The number one nastiest habit the Western church has developed is devotionals. It's the worst. 
It's led people away from the word. It's led people away from the word that is in them. And it makes them almost idolize the author. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe we need to learn from our dead guys and the alive ones. But see, you can reject someone who's alive and just say, oh, they're this or they're that or they're whatever. God usually has to wait till they're dead because the rejection won't stick anymore. So if they say, well, I'm reading Oswald Chambers' devotional, you know, and I've been reading it for 22 years now, and, and what are you going to say to that? There's not much you can say to that. But see, if you devotionalize Christ, you will not be able to be released in Christ because you're still doing the Reformation thing of trying to change from an external source to affecting an internal source called your human mind. Not realizing, of course, that the indwelling life of Christ is put there to renew your mind without any books. Because he is the book. It's no wonder that in the Jack the Journey series that the absolute worst character in the entire series is who, Noah? Captain Book. Now, it sounds like Captain Hook, but I'm telling you, Captain Book's hook is worse than Captain Hook's but hook. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's the basics of it cannot be found externally. It certainly has to be found internally. Someone please read for us Hebrews chapter 4, 1 through 7. Those of you who are listening via the podcast, if you just look on the playlist, you'll see a little red box with a white cross on it. If you click on that, I've already got it set up so it'll take you right to this scripture. And you can read it online or on your smartphone. It's up to you. But it is there ready for you. Okay, I'm going to pray right now because we got a lot of listeners. And we have a lot of indwelt believers that are about as dead as that doorknob back there. And nothing's going to happen unless you grab a hold of them and turn them. And they're listening to some of the finest preachers in the world today. And they're going to finish that message, that podcast, that live preaching. And they're going to go home and it's not going to affect them one single bit. In fact, the more precise truth you hear preached that does not require action, the more emergent your mind will become, without question. Because you hear it all the time. Some of the most spoiled people I know are exchange lifers. They've read the books, they've heard the preachers, they have their favorite preachers, they have their... I mean, we're getting an app ready, for Pete's sake, where they can have it available 24 hours a day and type in depression, and we've got all these Exchange Life scriptures and articles and audio podcasts and whatever's going to be available. I'm excited about that, but on the other hand, I'm here to tell you, it's going to neutralize the minds of the Exchange Lifers. It's just so much good stuff. And you see, it's going to put them asleep. 
versus bringing some guy into town. I was sharing this with Shannon. My greatest war of going to where I just came from and coming back is the unbelievable difference between how I was treated in this this state I was in versus this town I live in. It was unbelievable for my mind. But you know what? I was driving across those railroad tracks and it was almost like a thick, heavy cloud came down over on my shoulders. And I took a deep breath. That's how much of a sudden change it was for me. There are certain communities that have been flooded with Christian teachings to the point they are dead. And they're dying around each other. And then when they hear the good news preached to them, it has, as the scripture just showed us, no effect. You see, why is little Jack so incredibly empowered and the sword he has and the pearl and the sword and all these little pieces we're adding to this little children's adventure is because Jack believes by faith. If it's said, he will do it. That's the difference. So Chris, read the first verse again. And listen very carefully, online listener, offline listener. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe the power of the Holy Spirit can pierce these minds with his indwelling truth. This will create a revival in the soul of the person listening. So go ahead and read it again. Therefore, let us fear less while I promise remains entering his rest. Any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith who heard. Okay, that's the condition. We're talking about the exchange life here. We're talking about the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. We're talking about grace, grace soulistic listeners. We're talking about those of you who use grace like it's a butter. Like it's a creamy, rich butter that can be applied to guilt. This is who I'm talking to. You see, you can hear it preached and hear it preached from, from probably one of the most refined preachers or one of the most donkey-type preachers. If the message of truth is coming from the mouth of Christ, it matters not what the vessel looks like. But even that group are going to get absolutely nothing out of it because of a condition. What is it? They're not uniting it with faith. As I go on these little adventures with Jack, I'm like Sharon, our transcriber. I'm empowered. The truth rolling out is the Holy Spirit. The connecting of the dots of theology to this little guy who's nothing more than any other little guy who received Christ. But faith. Power cannot be held back from people who have faith. It can't. It's impossible. If there's no power in your life, you are guilty of this before the living God. 
Now, you don't have to live under that guilt. But if there's no power, if there's no spiritual warring that you sense is going on around you because there are demonic forces that are going, oh no, he's here. Paul, who knew him? Demons knew him. People knew him. And who do you think was hated the most? Paul. It's killing. And so he spends his whole ministry running from those people going, we're going to kill you. Because they're afraid of the power that comes from this man. He said something to the intellectual uh, Corinth church. He said, I don't come before you with persuasive words. But I come before you in spirit and power. Why? If anyone understood what faith was, it was Paul. If you have faith, you're going to experience power. I promise you before the living God. The two go together. Now what are some of the ways that people, indwell believers... Now, if we don't say into all believers, that mean they're Christ followers or they're Christ haters. I'm talking about into all believers. What are some of the ways they try to find rest? Devotions. It's the biggest. Retreats. Helping other people. Showing up at IOM, Sterling, even if you really don't want to be here. Yes, that'll do it. Or show up at IOM once. We have one-time attenders. <laughs> Not two-time attenders or three-time attenders. There's one other guy in church history I lo absolutely love. I mean, they have still carrying on a lot of his work forward, but he was called the one-time preacher. They would invite him. He was extremely popular. They'd invite him once and never invite him back. People find rest. Number one, our place is mantras. What's a mantra? Okay, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm right. Okay. Perfect in Christ Jesus. Indwelling life of Christ. Jesus. Perfect in me. Jesus. Perfect in me. Jesus loves me. I know you love me. Jesus loves me. This. Yeah, okay. He accepts me in Christ Jesus. Ephesians. Ephesians. Okay. Accepts me in Christ Jesus. Now, how is that any different than these idol worshipers walking around chanting for the idol because the idol's deaf and dumb? How is that different? Indwelt believer of the living God who has the very voice of the Father breathing inside your mortal body, who has the power and ability of originating one single word that will transform your life. In fact, that one single word could literally create an earth. One word. And that's living inside you, and you got to walk around convincing yourself and convincing Jesus who he is. What is wrong with us? We do not have to convince Jesus who he is. He wants us to simply accept it by faith. So it can become a was. It'll be part of our history. This list is very long, I'm, I'm fairly certain. There needs to be a release of the Spirit. So the indwelling Christ is the essence of true Christianity. 
And Christianity is not a belief system or a moral code or a chant, but is an inward presence and function of the living Lord Jesus Christ within that believer. You, you have to do your own survey. I get driven nuts. I'm sorry, Lord. That may not be the best terms, but I get driven nuts to the details I pick up in life. I can't walk down a street like everyone else. I can't get on an airplane like everyone else. I can't just simply sit there in the seat like everyone else. God has taken away that prerogative out of my life. I cannot live any longer like most people. I can't. My mind picks up details that sometimes drive me crazy. It's just too much. But it's a part of a spiritual gifting and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You see, and the more I want to walk by faith, which I am overly passionate about, Christ puts me in this position of going, Really? Is this really what you want? Would you like to die a true martyr's death? Or are you just throwing those words out there? You see... We have been given the very power of eternity to live inside our mortal bodies. It's in there, if you're indwelt. There's a big difference between releasing the indwelling life of Christ and doing of Christ's life as a Christian. And they look alike. You see, that's the killer. They look alike. I am in contact with a very, very popular universalist pastor. Healthy dialogues. And I'm going to tell you, I sense more peace and rest and a comfort in a very controversial discussion than I do with some people in this room. That's one of those little bizarre details that I go, there's something wrong here. What is this, Lord? That I can get more peace and rest and and actions from a devil, teacher, than I can from an indwelt believer? There's something wrong here. What is this that's happening to us? Well, I think we can talk about it. We need to explore the practical realities of the release of the Spirit that lives inside. Get this, guys. The Holy Spirit lives inside. Let's pretend this is the throne of God. And God is sitting on his throne. The Holy Spirit is what gives him power. Like Paul said, I am before you with spirit and Power. That's what gives God his power. The Holy Spirit. It lives inside him. It's around him through the seven spirits. The seven lampstands of the seven churches are supposed to be the superstores of handing out this powerful story. And this living God sitting on his throne, which he'll never leave, has the Holy Spirit living inside him. And that Holy Spirit lives inside Christ Jesus. And then that Holy Spirit was sent 
to live inside Jesus' bride. Why? Because Christians aren't Christians because God saved them. Christians are Christians because God chose you to be a bridal member for his son. And he had to purify and redeem you and make you 100% whole because he put his Holy Spirit inside your mortal defiled body. That's what's inside you. And you walk around like you can't walk on water. And you walk around like you cannot have this spiritual gifting of the Holy Spirit moving and you haven't even opened your mouth yet. We go hear the good preachers, but we certainly are not good preachers ourselves. There's a problem with the Bride of Christ. So let's talk about the divine indwelling. We must consider the divine outworking of the divine indwelling. That is, I believe this is the exact same choice that Adam and Eve had to make. So you've got this tree of life over here, and you have this tree of knowledge over here. The tree of life literally housed the presence of God. The Holy Spirit was radiating from this tree of life. Power was radiating from this tree. And then there was this tree of knowledge that was dark and dingy and filled with words. Why would you even come over and hang out with words? When life was available and you didn't even have to understand a single word of that tree. Not one single word did you need to understand. It's just life. But over here, Satan relies upon words. So we take notes while our favorite preacher is preaching. Because we think those words somehow are going to bring transformation. No, we need to take notes. And I think most of us do. But it's not to change us. It's so that we can go back and review and let the Holy Spirit minister to us. Big difference. We know that they chose the tree of knowledge. So here's basically what happened. If you choose the tree of knowledge, you have to live by the standards of that tree. There's no other option. If you eat from the tree of life, you have to serve the tree of life. If you eat from the tree of knowledge, you have to serve the tree of knowledge. Western society has mastered the art of education equals transformation. That's what we've done. I had a preacher say to me while I was in, in this uh, state that I just came from that the tree of knowledge, he believed, actually was America. That was a little radical. But, you know, there goes that little detail again in my mind starting to go bizarre, and I'm like, there's something here. And I did have to accept it by faith. That Satan has used this country to turn it into the leading educational country in the entire world. 
even though India would argue with us on that. Knowledge. You can't even be a preacher in a church unless you get a degree from an institution that says, you have a master's degree in theology. And then we have to commission you. Really? Try to shut my mouth. Whether I've got education or not, I am compelled to let this truth come out. And it insults people. Believe me, I have many, too many stories of it. I don't hear the gospel comfortable in being presented the way most people do. I don't. I find no comfort in it. Unless it is shouting out the life of Christ, the mind of Christ, then I get a little bit excited about it. Their choice did not lead to rest, but rather to unrest. There is no rest in knowledge. There's only rest in life. So people have to build an educational comfort zone continually in their life to bring more rest. If I had this universalist preacher in my office for a week, every day, I'm pretty certain by the end of the week, they'd be unraveled. No rest. But as long as they have their little mantras, and their symbols, and their yins, and their yans on their shirts, and their this, and their that, and their rings of the unity of the... And the, as long as they have all their externals to look at that, everything's just fine. They will be fine from moment to moment, but not, obviously, eternally. So the regeneration of rest, as indwelt Christians, we have a similar choice. In spiritual regeneration, we have been reconnected to God directly, and the Spirit, the breath of God, of the triune of God, which is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has been breathed into us, putting our old spirit, those of you who are listening to this message in regard to dichotomy, trichotomy, it's time to listen very carefully putting the old spirit on the cross and putting the new spirit, the life of Christ, in its place. That's why it's called the exchange life. It's not adding it to your Adamic spirit. The regeneration process is God's given you a brand new generator that generates life and power 24 hours a day. It's a new spirit. If any man does not have the new generator, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You could have degrees. You could preach it. You could teach it. You could memorize books. You could memorize scriptures. You can do all those externals. But if you don't have a new generator inside you, you can be done with this podcast and you're going to be as dead as the doorknob you're going to touch tonight before you go to bed. It was nothing but fancy words to you. It was nothing but a good preacher or maybe not so good preacher, whatever your tree of knowledge decides I am. 
If it doesn't bear witness, if what I say does not bear witness with the spirit of the living God, you need to turn the podcast off right now. But if the spirit of God bears witness with these words, maybe, just maybe, it could be coming from the actual mind of Christ inside me. Just maybe. No, it's not maybe. Whether you're a preacher, a pastor, teacher, counselor, I don't care what you are in your spiritual gifting. If you begin to speak and my spirit in me is bearing witness with the spirit in you, I'm going to listen to you as if God himself is speaking to me. doesn't matter if you're a preacher of a donkey or if you're a preacher of one of the greatest orators on the face of the earth. The words will be the same. As indwelt Christians, redeemed and restored to the right relationship with God as our creator, we have the same choice Adam and Eve had prior to the fall, the choice of allowing for his divine outworking of the divine indwelling life of Jesus. Him working versus us working. That's what it is. Every time you make a decision to do something for Christ, You're of idolatry. All of us. But anytime Christ is using your hands and your feet and your voice, your mind, will, and emotions, you're glorifying the living God. You've got the attention of heaven. That's how I want to preach. I want to preach in such a way that heaven stands at attention. Not because of Steve Finney, but because Jesus Christ is speaking. And that was one of the lessons Jack the Journey had to realize is that when the Lion of Judah rose and began to speak, all of heaven went silent. Oh no, not here. We like to argue with our preachers. We like to curse our preachers, put our preachers down, and so forth and so on. No longer do people stand up when the word of God is read. That respect is gone. But I got news for you, indwell believer. When you do get to the city of Zion, you're going to notice something rather unusual. The intense respect for God speaking. All of heaven went silent. For 30 minutes, and the line of Jude opened his mouth. Not anymore. We have turned our churches into theological debating opportunities with our spiritual leaders. I'm sorry, Jesus, we have done this to you. We need to note how important it is to understand the difference between spirit and soul, between The spirit and the psychological function, spiritual function, psychological function, in church history down through the centuries has often failed to make the distinct difference between these two. What they end up with is a mismatch of psychological spirituality. It's called the tree of knowledge. Let me show you how it looks. This is what you're used to seeing coming out of this ministry. You have the soul, the spirit, and the body. 
what's at the center of it is something worth talking about. The soul is what relates to others. The mind, the will, and emotions is what I'm doing with you right now. The spirit is where all this spiritual intuition and all the power elements that you're not quite sure where some of this comes from. You see, the dichotomous, which is two parts, they put the soul, the spirit, and the heart all in one little slice. The body is over here with the five senses. Now, where do you think Satan's going to have the most fun? is in the five senses. Everything will be based on external things. Well, where'd you read that? Who are you quoting? Do you know what book and paragraph you got that from? As you know, I will not do that in my writings. I don't care who wrote it. Truth is truth. And they may get some kind of reference. <laughs> They're not the author. But in this country, I am the author. Don't you know I've written 10 books? I don't think God's impressed at all. It's how much am I releasing the spirit to speak forth from the book? Why do you think John had to eat the little book? Did you get the importance of that passage? Why do you have to eat it? Just, just speak it to me. Lion of Judah, I'll get it, believe me. Got a good memory. He had to eat it because it was his word going inside him to understand the prophecies that were about to be revealed to him. There was no human logic that was going to get him through the next phase of the revelations. How many of you have eaten your Bible? The dichotomous completely lack function and theology is mishmashed. Okay? It's like a cup of mud. May have all the right stuff in it, but it's all mixed up. It's not clear. It's not functionable. Whereas the triunit of men enhances function and enhances good, solid theology. You can talk about it from the word. Well, the end result is it has to go to doing. These people have to, to, to go back to doing. The reformation of hearing truth, you taking action on that truth, is the only solution. Because Christ is external. And if they start to use the terms with you that, oh, yes, I believe that true Christianity is when you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, explain that to me. How does that work exactly? Where does he come? My shoes? My heart? Explain that to me. They can't. It has no function. It's theology. If someone cannot explain the indwelling life of Christ to you, you better become the teacher real soon. Here's the function of triunity. The Spirit of Christ works through the Spirit because he is the Spirit that is in you. The old unregenerate spirit got put on the cross, died, or the old self has been crucified. The new spirit, the new generator, one who generates life, Zoe, 
is put inside you, the exchange has been made. The Spirit renews the mind, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. The will chooses to take action on it, and the emotions follow. The emotions dump into the body because you and I both know emotions are nothing more than hormones. I can adjust your mood by giving you drugs. I can turn you into a zombie where you hardly can think anymore because of a drug. That's all it is. The older you get and your hormones start going wacky, how does a person typically act? Wacky. It's one of the first things Jane and I do with older people after 40 years of age. And yes, you are old if you're over 40 because you have fulfilled one generation. That's all that was promised to you. And after 40 years of age, the hormones completely decide to go south on vacation. So you have to have your hormones checked, and oftentimes you have to have supplements to increase those, those hormones because the person's emotions are going crazy. It's all because of the body. The body will follow the emotions. The emotions are supposed to follow the will. The will is supposed to follow the mind. The mind is supposed to follow Christ. Internally, not externally. Finishing up here, our identity statement is, here's the great flaw. If the soul, the heart, and the spirit are synonymous with psychological principles, should be able to actually give us the solutions and solve our problems that we're having every day. You reading that favorite author of yours, or maybe you just got a book on healing, and you're reading that book on healing, and you're taking maybe your friends through this book about healing, and you're seeing some changes in the person, or you're seeing some changes in yourself, you are slapping Jesus Christ in the face. I don't care who the author is or how respectable the author is, if they do not put the transformation element on the life of Christ first, and then give you the practical details in a book. I'll read a book like that. But this very person sent me a text not long after sending me a picture of the cover of the book and said, basically, putting the emphasis on what they had learned from this author and wanted to introduce this to me so that I could use it in our ministry. So I ask, how much did they mention the indwelling life of Christ? Well, I just, I, I, I apply that piece. And of course, the final little quirk that came from this person was, I don't believe there's anything wrong at all in setting boundaries. What book did you get that from? Setting boundaries? Are you kidding? Christ came to destroy the boundaries. But see, since they were abused as a child, they were trained to set boundaries in relationships. Well, go ahead and live by your boundaries. Let's see how it works out for you. We're to be trampled. We're to be spit on. We're to be rejected. We're to be slapped. We're to be cursed. We're to be these things so that the person can see the indwelling life of Christ when they're slapping you. Not in America. We sue them. 
We set up boundaries and we write books on how to protect yourself, not die for the person. We are a twisted society. Six, oh, two, two nine two two nine eight two. Send me your questions and comments about your boundary guidelines, and I will show you some scriptures that'll blow your mind. And you make the choice whether you're going to listen to Christ or an author who teaches you how to protect self. It also forms in this person the assumption that people who have the, the soul and the spirit as one, that they literally can function as God. They make the choice. And then when you confront lies with truth, their feedback starts to come in the form of, you're judging me, you're judging that author. But here's the curious thing, my listeners. You're the one doing the judging because I haven't even opened my mouth yet. You see, people who use the judgment thing and mix it in with grace, like it's some kind of gravy, they're the ones that are judgmental. They're the ones that are wanting to say nasty things about you. You're just being truthful. It'll twist your mind up. So here's the deal. Because dichotomists can't separate man's spirit from the supposed spirit of Christ in that man, this is why dichotomists cannot focus on identity in Christ. They can't separate the two. In fact, it seems they can't even find him within their souls. It takes less than 10 minutes for me to take a dichotomist, a very educated dichotomist, and have them speechless. But see, most indwelt believers have no clue how to explain indwelt life. So they just become complacent. We'll refer him to Dr. Finney. Really? What about Christ in you? But we do need discipleship because I didn't discover a lot of this unless I would have went through discipleship and stayed in it all these years. We do need discipleship, but you better pick a disciple that focuses on the transformational element of the Life of Christ from within you. Not a book. Big problems we have. So if they can't even find Christ in their own souls, they certainly cannot explain it to someone else. So therefore, my reformer friends, your evangelistic ministry is actually leading people to the reformation thought of an external salvation. Thus, I ask the question, how many of them are true salvations? We need to complete the Reformation here, not clean it up. The Calvinists have done an unbelievable job of showing people that Jesus Christ died on the cross. But they have not done an adequate job of explaining that you died on the cross with him. That's the internal. The external salvation element, I think they get, and I don't think you should change much. The internal salvation. I'm not quite sure you're getting that. So does the true exchange ha get stuck halfway? Or does it get completed? Great trick, Satan. You've done well. But your day is coming to an end. This is no longer going to be the predominant doctrines 
of the church. Your day is coming to an end. The full reformation will be completed. In Jesus' name. No longer intellectual pursuits. Next week, it'll be soul rest number two. Please consider downloading the PDF so you can have these slides or some diagrams there. Obviously, printed words on the slides. They become great tools. I appreciate my new brothers in India that print off these PDFs, hand them out to pastors that they are reaching and helping and discipling. These make great handouts to preachers and say, if you don't quite get it, study the scriptures and the notes within these PDFs, and you literally could use them in your own sermons. So they're great little tools. At the end of every one of our PDFs is a salvation prayer, because I never assume that everyone is going to walk away after hearing the preacher and not being able to connect it to faith. So what that means is there's going to be a very small handful of you who do connect it to faith after listening, whether you're driving down the freeway or you're sitting with a cup of coffee at your table listening to a message that has literally introduced you to the great exchange. This prayer is just to be read, studied through because of the doctrinal elements of it, push the prayer aside, and just begin to pray. Because the Spirit will give you the right words in your confession. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.